Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand how putting your needs first as a mama and healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. Through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, attachment trauma, the five personality patterns, and raising your child from a conscious, playful, and secure attachment perspective, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, my love? Welcome back to the show. Now, as you might already know, I am such a big fan of teaching you about attachment and the five personality patterns so that not only you can deepen the relationship that you have with yourself, but also with your loved ones, including your kids. And I think what's so cool about using these different types of maps, if you will, is that you can use it for every single area of your life including how you receive, spend, and hold money. You see, we can't avoid the topic of money, right? Because that's how we get our basic needs met. And oftentimes, it's one of the biggest stressors in family dynamics as we raise our little ones. So I am so excited for you to listen to my conversation with my dear friend, Erin Porter, today so that you can open your awareness up to how to embody a new way of being in the world and start healing your money blocks on a somatic level today. You know, we hear a lot about focusing on money mindset and money affirmations on mainstream media, but today you're going to learn how to shift your awareness to your body so that you can get the real story. Now, Erin and I had so much fun diving into today's topic that we prefaced our trigger warning halfway through the podcast episode. So instead of waiting until the middle of this conversation, I wanted to relay that message here. You see, as we talk about attachment trauma and flow through each personality pattern, it might ping your system. And what I mean by that is it might poke at some of the unhealed attachment trauma that still lives in your nervous system. So this warning isn't here to scare you, but to simply encourage you to breathe, slow down, be super gentle with yourself, and really go at your own pace with this episode. You know, in order for anything to shift in our life, we need to notice where the pain points live inside of our body first. So if anything that we mentioned today feels a little unsettling in your body, Give yourself so much love and compassion and just know that your body 
is simply providing you with clear direction on what to focus on as you repair your money blocks so that it can flow more easily and naturally to you. So before we officially dive in, I just wanted to give you a quick summary of Erin. So she is a spiritual business coach, a master practitioner and trainer of NLP, a breathwork facilitator, a somatic healing coach, an adult attachment repair model therapist, and host of the Energetics of Business podcast. She enjoys coaching women and facilitating transformation through her NLP coaching certification, the quantum ripple effect, and loves teaching you how to heal internally so your businesses can thrive through aligned business strategy and CEO embodiment. And after years in the hustle, go, 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 high achieving energy, she found that as she ran her business from her soul and the divine feminine, It allowed her business to skyrocket to a now multiple six-figure brand. So Erin helps women embrace their play, pleasure, and power to increase their sales, heal, and understand the energetics of business. Erin's clients have gone to become multiple six-figure coaches, speakers, authors, and have had incredible internal healing and transformation And the best part is that she is so deeply passionate about creating a trauma-informed experience with everyone that she works with. So without any further ado, let's just dive into today's money chat. All right, Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. And I just loved your masterclass on healing your attachment style with money because I don't think a lot of people understand that healing your attachment system, yes, it improves relationship dynamics with your partner, your friends, your kids, but it can also ripple and impact other parts of your life, including how you hold, spend, and save money. And that's so incredibly important to learn and understand, especially when we're raising a family. So I'm really excited to dive into this with you because you're so deeply embodied in this work. So to start, I want my listeners to know a little bit more about you and your story. So what led you to this path of supporting women in business through the power of energetics, attachment, and even personality patterns? Yeah, so I'd say, you know, I've been in I've been in the online world, if you will, in different capacities since like 2009, but in my own capacity since 2012. So I feel like I've been like in this kind of like personal growth learning work for a while. My master's is also in student development. And so I've always been like studying leadership development and all those things. And, you know, kind of to fast forward a bunch of years through that journey, you know, in business, I was always looking for a strategy and I was like, what's the next strategy? What's this strategy? And I kept going and going and going with the strategy. Strategy and it obviously we need strategy, but there was a piece where I'm like, okay, there's something, there's something deeper I have to kind of be missing in this. And I was working with a friend of mine. We did like a swap together. Um, so I was helping her with health stuff at the time, and she was helping me kind of more with relationship stuff. And she had kind of brought up the inner child question of like, how'd you have to earn love, and what did what did that look like? And uh, that really opened me up, kind of first, to like that there's this inner child and these parts of us that run our life and our businesses. So it was like 2017. And 
like that, you know, again, was more kind of from the the realm of like conscious thinking or like thoughts and how they looked and how they opened. And, you know, I, I felt like I was an entrepreneur. I had also kind of simultaneously was doing a lot of the inner work. And we were just talking about this, like the inner work to get something, the inner doing all the inner child work so I could get more money in my business, doing a lot of the inner pieces so I could feel safe and holding more. And obviously, like as you do inner work, you feel safer to hold what it is that you want to hold. But I felt like I was also doing a lot of like money courses and those sorts of things, which again, were very helpful, but I kept feeling like something something was missing because I was like, okay, I'm changing my thoughts. I'm, you know, doing this, I'm doing that. And it it was kind of in that moment where I discovered attachment work and diving deeper into it, uh, where I was like, oh, okay, this actually makes sense because it's not always what I, you know, realized was it's not always our relationship directly to money. Uh, it's a lot of just our dynamics in family that end up playing out in that relationship. So whether it was like over investing in, in myself, which I, you know, definitely, definitely did at times or kind of like that over giving or um, the pulling back or hiding on to things I'm like that was never necessarily, I mean, pieces of it were my family dynamics with money, but it was my family dynamics in other ways that were mirroring all of that. So that's kind of where I dove deep into the attachment stuff. And I feel like even now I'm always like, oh, there's a new layer of this pattern, a fucking course like that pops up. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about kind of the discovery pieces of some of this stuff. I love that. Yeah. I think that's what's so we always crack up with each other about talking about attachments. Like, oh, another piece I identified. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it, but it's important because it's like, if we can see these patterns, we can unravel it so much quicker than being an autopilot and not knowing what's happening. And you were talking about how, you know, the money mindset stuff is so important. And I think when people learn about how to shift their money mindset. It is a lot of the conscious work, the money affirmations, like think your way to more money. And so why do you think that that might not work or why people might be running into a wall just focusing on the mindset work? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing, I mean, just very simple is like we have implicit memory. And so our trauma stored in the body, obviously, as you know, and if you're listening to this, probably heard Chana talk about these pieces and, you know, it's like we can think our way out of everything. But a lot of times it's like we end up looping in our thoughts because we're not getting to the deeper layers of you know, whether it's a systemic, a systemic thing, or whether it's a generational thing, or whether it's a past life thing, like we we're missing a lot of those imprinted experiences, especially again, within dynamics or family dynamics or money dynamics and all of that, that live in the body. And so it's like, you can think your way out of it all day long, but you're missing like the 99%, which is the unconscious, the body of where all of this is stored. Yeah. 100%. So we're going to obviously break down the the signs and symptoms of these different patterns and, and strategies, but what are some great questions to start opening up your awareness to like how you relate to money? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to preference this as if you've probably have already, you know, looked at like your relationship on like a basic level and you're kind of in a stuck place with it. Cause I feel like that's where a lot of people are like, okay, I've heard enough about this work or, you know, I understand some of like my thoughts. I always look at like what feels like a, 
where, or where do you feel like you're in a loop with, with money? Like, and no matter what you've done in terms of like thought work or, you know, even maybe certain techniques or modalities. And again, not that it hasn't kind of like loosened up the jar a little bit, but like, you're kind of ready to get into the, into the jar. So asking yourself, like, where do you feel like you've been looping in your story? And then also even just starting to track, like, what are your body sensations with receiving and with keeping and with holding. So one, you know, one of the ways that I first started um, playing with this on a very, very simple level is I know from, from growing up, I always could feel my mom's energy when she was getting ready to check out at the grocery store. She never said anything. Like she never kind of shared what was going on, but obviously we're intuitive little children and I could feel a lot of that pressure and that stress. And so I noticed even for myself, no matter where I was at in business, whether it really was a time where there was a lot of fear, you know, paying for groceries because I've been there and also times where that didn't need to be the fear. I've watched my body go up to the, the grocery store and I, or like the checkout aisle. And I'm like, is my car going to get declined? Is everything going to be okay? And like, I could feel this almost like rise in my chest of, of fear, even when the case was like, yes, everything is fine. And so what I would start to do is notice that. And then I'd almost backtrack and then like reground myself and then reapproach the, um, aisle or the checkout thing, if you will. And so I think that's another like kind of question that you can ask yourself. It's not necessarily a question, but can you just pause and notice and feel in your body? Like what is coming up for you around receiving around keeping and around having um, money or even just good things in your life and notice what comes up. I love that question. Cause once again, it's a question, not for the mind, but for your body sensations. I know like we obviously work with the similar maps with just different niches. And that's what my clients start to understand. They're like, Oh, I noticed when you said that it pinged, we always say pinged my system or like my stomach dropped when you said that, or when I just shared this part of the story, this happened. And it's like, great, let's go into the body sensation and regulate that. Like that's how we shift is actually that bottom up approach versus like, okay, what are the belief system? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, how does like receiving money, how does that feel in your body? And let's go work with the body so that can start to feel safe. So this is actually kind of a great, I was thinking about talking about this later, but I think this is just so alive in our conversation right now. Like why is having a more regulated nervous system so important when it comes to the energetics of money. Yeah. I feel like we're not, you know, if we're, if we're more regulated, we're not living in this constant like fight or flight or freeze or, you know, fun. Like we're just, we're not in this um, constant fear loop when we are more regulated. I mean, I think it's kind of as as simple and as basic as as that, because if you think about, you know, um, we all obviously all, we all need money, no matter what business or career path that you're in. But if you're constantly feeling this constriction, then it ends up becoming a lot of, you know, issues internally. I think we can both probably agree, like some of our things within entrepreneurship or money or whatever has caused some of our health issues. Again, whether that's from little or like in, you know, business or whatever. And obviously I had those things too when I was in a, you know, in a nine to five type of career. So it's like, if we don't address them, they can turn into into disease in the body, or we can just kind of run. Like I always ran in like a chase mode with all of it. And that never, it never got to feel calm or feel peaceful or feel like everything was okay. And that's just like 
ongoing and ongoing. So I feel like it helps us live a more, a life with more um, well-being mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't obviously cause distress on our organs too. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I know a lot of what I went through was um, when I would receive money, my system would feel dysregulated. I was like, oh, I need to like spend it or put it out because I didn't feel safe to hold money. And I mean, I could go on a tangent of like, no, I've discovered why. And it was from uh, the way I saw family dynamics in the home and how my parents treated money or the way I, you know, I perceived that. So why does our attachment trauma like impact our relationship with money? Yeah. So like, you know, in our, in our uh, attachment trauma, there's obviously all these different family dynamics and we tend to either go, you know, maybe more anxious or more avoidant. I mean, Peter, who we've both been mentored by, I love how he describes, you know, attachment styles as more of like a, um, can kind of be like a pendulum versus like this whole, I don't know, I think in attachment theory or um, at least pop psychology on Instagram, it's very like, anxious attachment. And obviously that's a way to describe pieces of it to kind of teach it. But I feel like it's more, it's more nuanced than that. Like you might feel more anxious in your relationship, but avoid it with money. And that doesn't necessarily make you an anxious avoidant. And just, if we look at every area of life, you have a relationship to it. You and I have a relationship as a friendship. There's a relationship to your partner, to your business, to your career, to money, all of that. And so, um, in understanding it with money, I just look at it just like a relationship of anything else. Like, do I tend to feel a little bit more anxious when what happens? Do I tend to feel a little bit more avoidant when what happens? And I feel like understanding that and it it almost takes a lot of the pressure off of it. Like understand like, okay, this is how I feel about money, like less of this rigid. And it's like, okay, in the day by day moments or in the moments throughout the day, throughout the week, as things come and go with money, what do I tend to feel? How do I tend to show up? What do I tend to notice? And if I can just kind of notice this, I'm almost making like this hand motion of this, like ever evolving flow with it is how, how does my body respond in that? And so I feel like for me, it's helped me understand nothing is like right or wrong or good or bad or this or that, which I feel like we can kind of get a little bit more constricted in from like the thought work around money. And this just helps me go, okay, like I'm a little bit more avoidant. What's I'm curious about why that's happening. And then I can be curious to move forward from it. So I don't know. It almost like, while it is so much more complex, it almost brings a simplicity with money stuff. I don't fully remember what your question was, but that's my No, thought. no, you, you explained <laughs> explain that honestly perfectly. I was saying like, what, like how, why does your attachment trauma impact your relationship with money? And I, and I love that you're pointing to the fact that I think attachment, like you said, it's like on mainstream media now, like the holistic psychologist is talking about it more, which is incredible. But there's certain people that are explaining it in buckets, which makes sense. It is a lot to take in. But people can start to be like putting themselves in that bucket, like it's a horoscope, like I am anxious attachment, I am avoidant, I am secure, when it's like, no, you actually flow through all of them based on who you're with, what the category is, like money, you said business, like, there's so many different things about it. So it's less of like putting yourself in a bucket and it's like, okay, how do I repair my anxious attachment? Mm-hmm. And more like noticing like how you're relating in the direct experience with whatever you're 
working with and being like, oh, I notice I'm using these signs and symptoms of an anxious attachment. And then having that as the information, it can help you pop out of it or flow through it or work that part, if you will, a lot easier versus just only having the mindset of like, no, I'm always anxious attachments. Like, well, no, you're not. (laughs) Not like a, like you're doomed with that. It's just, we flow through them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like something that, that you just shared within that too, which is really, I think helpful for everybody listening to understand is like, if, if you, if your reality is like, I barely have enough to make ends meet, you're obviously going to feel a lot more, you know, maybe on the spectrum of anxious or avoidant, then let's say, yes, there might be like a norm, like um, a more normal feeling. Let's say if you have a little bit of a cushion, you might notice some anxious or avoidant. However, if you're actually in like a financial crisis or um, your like your reality is very much paycheck to paycheck, that's going to be amplified no matter what, because that's just just the truth of the reality of the situation. And so I think sometimes we beat ourselves up because we're like, oh my God, I have this attachment thing and it's this, but it's like, actually, like, if you look like, what is the reality of it? And like, yes, you can regulate to a certain extent with that. But like, if your basic survival needs are kicked up, you're going to feel more of all of these things too. So I don't know. I always like to kind of add that as a layer on there because I see people beating themselves up for like a thing that is actually rooted in truth sometimes too. I love that you're mentioning that because I think that's important too. It's like, we do need money, food, water, shelter to survive. And if you're in this stage or phase in your life where it's not easily accessible or it's like paycheck to paycheck, of course, your nervous system is dysregulated. It would make any, like you're not broken. That's part of being human. So I love that you're, you know, bringing the practicality to this versus like, all, it's always like deep healing yeah. and like these patterns. It's like, well, there's also a practical piece, right? That of course it's going to rev up anyone's nervous system like a secure attached person in that situation would have a revved up nervous system yeah so I want to kind of like break down these buckets if you will so people can start to get a feel of instead of labeling themselves in these but just notice what are the signs and symptoms of each pattern so they can start to just have more awareness of that when it comes up. So I'll start instead of just like going, what's anxious and avoidant and insecure? Um, we'll just start with anxious attachment. So what are some signs and symptoms that you could be in an anxious attachment pattern? Yeah. So I'll try to give like some really like practical examples of things that I've um, like supported people through or, or noticed. So I'd say one of them would be like a constant like reach and a checking. So like if you're always looking at like your bank account, like I think there's a healthy way to like check in with everything. But if you're like multiple times a day, I'm going to give maybe some extreme examples here too. Um, but like always checking or always reaching to look, I think that's going to be one sign of more anxious because there's there's a check, there's a reach, there's this, okay, um, is it, is it okay? So I think that would be one simple way of looking at the anxious attachment style of is like constantly checking. Um, and I'd say also too, sometimes almost this, uh, like future forecasting, but in like a negative way, like, okay, well, what if this doesn't happen with money? What if this payment doesn't come through? What if this, you know, client doesn't sign up? What if my check is delayed? You know, whatever the, the case may be, there can also kind of be this like anxious forward future, thinking of like, is it the money going to come up? Is it going to show up for me? Is it going to be there? Is it not going to be there? So 
that applies whether you're, you know, an entrepreneur in a, in a nine to five of this constant, like fearful checking. Um, so I'd say those are, are two ones where you know, any notice any like reach fear of it, not meeting you fear of it, not being enough, um, fear of like, no matter how much you do that, it also can't meet you in that as well. Um, so yeah, just a lot of checking a lot of like, uh, future forecasting. It's kind of more from like a negative perspective of like, what if it doesn't happen and like not feeling met no matter how much you reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, all those I think are really simple takeaways that people can absolutely relate to of like, oh shit. Yeah, I do that. It, it is simple in that regard to help you start identifying with that pattern. So how about avoidant? So what are the signs and symptoms when you're in that pattern? Yeah. Avoidant. Um, how I see this a lot is when people like literally, I mean, avoid checking their stuff. So, and again, that might be your bank accounts. That might be your mail. Uh, that might be anything that where there's possibility of some, something within finances, maybe popping up. Uh, the reason why I use mail is because I've, I've had clients who are like, I'm not checking my mail because I know that there's a possibility that something unexpected could be in there. Mm-hmm. And with an avoidant attachment, there's, uh, you know, this fear of intimacy. So they might not want to have like a money date, for example. So what I, you know, when I talk about money dates, like sitting down and actually creating intimacy with money or kind of like pulling back, um, hoarding money. So almost saving it to the point where like, you're afraid of like circulating anything where like the anxious attachment might even go a little bit over on the spending side of it. Like uh, we talked earlier about kind of getting rid of it um, as soon as it would come in uh, that might be a little bit more anxious uh, attachment where the avoidant might want to kind of hold on to it or hold back with it or be afraid to spend it. So it's a like kind of no matter what your, whatever way that you receive money um, just like not having an intimate relationship with it because you're afraid of getting let down or being disappointed or again, check like avoiding checking things. So if there's, um, you know, your DMs, if you're an entrepreneur, your email, or uh, even if there's something where like you have a very steady, consistent paycheck that you know that comes every two weeks of like, are there certain things that you're not setting up um, to bring in more ease? I see that a lot with avoidant. And what I mean by that is like, let's say that you have a goal of um, you know, saving X amount per month. And you, it could be very simple for you to set it up automatically for a hundred dollars of that a month to go into a certain, let's say like savings bucket. This was, this was me. So I'm using myself as an example. And I was very avoidant and resistant to actually the good thing that was going to come on the other side of it because I couldn't actually let the good thing come in. So that's how for me, the avoided thing was like avoiding all the systems and the structure or like the deeper understanding of some of it. Cause it was like, I actually knew it was going to bring good things and I couldn't trust that the good things were actually going to come in. So that, I mean, that's a deeper layer of it, but like another symptom of like, if you're avoiding what you know is actually going to be good, you might find yourself in a little bit more of the avoidance of it. Yeah, I even resonate with your story with that. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think of that kind of flavor to it. So I love that people can feel the contrast of anxious and avoidant and probably see themselves and like, Oh, I do certain aspects of anxious, certain aspects of avoidant to really even drive this message home that you're not just one bucket and you got to work that piece. It's like, there's so many nuances and different ways we're we're holding and saving and spending money. So the final one, when do you notice you're in that secure attachment relationship with money? 
Yeah, like really trusting like the ebbs and flows. Like again, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you are have a consistent income source, whatever that that looks like for you, it's like trusting trusting the flows. So it's like if you have to take time off of work or especially like let's say if you're like a commission-based job, like you can trust the in-between and you can also put out the fire before or put out the flame before it becomes a fire. So if there's a, a conversation that you need to have with somebody about money, it's not like, okay, I'm putting it off or I'm like planning out the entire conversation in my head. It's like, okay, I can address this faster than waiting a long time because I'm either avoiding it or catastrophizing it. So it's like very simple communication with money. Um, I would say if like something is delayed, you can have an open, honest conversation. Obviously it might still feel like a ping, but you can regulate quicker. So it's kind of just dealing with whatever money might bring up for you in a more way that's like, okay, like I know everything's going to be okay and, and I'm supported, but I'm not going to one extreme or the other. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, kind of the way you're explaining it reminds me of like us receiving co-regulation, which is a part of healing our attachment system. It's like when we co-regulate with someone, we're building that resiliency, that bounce back, that even when shit hits the fan because life happens, we have more capacity in our nervous system to notice it before it becomes this massive thing and be able to move through it. So I just kind of noticed the parallel with with that, with co-regulation and secure attachment with money. Yeah, you know, and, and something I was even working through recently. So I had a, I had an event a couple months ago that was like highly, you know, costing of a lots lots of dollars. And I was like, oh shit, like there's a lot, there's a lot going out. And it was one of those things where it's like there's a lot that goes out. And then first time you run a big event like that, you don't have like this immediate ROI necessarily. And so there was kind of this like gap period. And I noticed for myself, I'm like, okay, in the gap period, even though there was a lot going out in the delay before things were coming back in, I wasn't, I wasn't like responding in like avoiding of everything or going into hyper doing mode. It just felt like, okay, like Mm -hmm. season and everything felt a little bit more calm, I guess, to, to, to describe it. And no matter what was popping up in that season, it just very much felt like I can take the ping and I can re-regulate and come back. And I'm not going on this extreme roller coaster ride. And I think that's another way to feel when you're feeling more of that secure attachment style with money. It's like, you're not jumping in the roller coaster and be like, okay. And like, we're going to ride these highs or like make all these assumptions or pull back or do this or do that. You're just like, okay, like this is a piece of life and I can regulate and respond from here. Oh, I love that. And your live event was incredible. So for anyone that's listening, that's an entrepreneur or an online coach, get on Aaron's email list. So you can, I'm, are you going to do another live event? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So <laughs> people go to this live event. It was absolutely incredible. And the women are amazing. So I'm glad you did that and took the leave. Thanks. Yeah. So snowballing off of secure attachment, like we also blend it, you and I uh, do a lot of work with the five personality patterns. And I'm actually curious, is it, do you blend five personality patterns as it relates to business or can you, do you also kind of have a map with how you relate it with money? Um, Both. Yeah. Cause I feel like if with like business and some of money stuff is intertwined, I mean, you can look at like business with personality patterns and launching business mm-hmm. within personal personality patterns within money. So multiple and also, I mean, team yeah. uh, doing a lot of that with people lately. Cause I'm like, okay, 
look at your team if you have like multiple people and like what's all the dynamic happening within there. So yes, it's almost like I, I love those maps because you can take it and go any dynamic. What is yes. <laughs> That's what's so crazy. I feel like with same thing with like secure, anxious, avoidant, like you can take that map and use it for any type of like anything for your life. That's why I wanted you on the show. So women can actually see it's like, this is what's so cool about this work and understanding these maps. It goes beyond like, yes, it's incredible for raising a child and having the secure attached perspective, but it also impacts the way you view money, the way you have your relationship dynamic with your partner, your friends. If you run a business, how you're running your business, how you're running your team, how you relate to team members. Like it just, it's so cool that you can bring the map and put it into a niche and, 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 and work with it from there. And once you understand the map, it is very easy to like adapt it to different areas of your life. So since we've been on this money theme and this money topic, yeah. can we kind of journey through the five personality patterns, if you will, and just whatever you want to share yeah. when it comes to each pattern? Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's start with, with leaving pattern and money. So leaving pattern, do you have like a podcast episode we can reference for like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to make a solo jam right before ours and I'll, okay. I'll run through the entire. Cool, personality cool. Pattern. All right. So yeah. So, so, so pause if you need to listen to that for full, for full context, but leaving pattern leaving obviously sounds what it, what it sounds like. It's leaving, dissociating, uh, something shocked the spirit uh, as it was coming into this world, kind of fragmented it to go out. And so someone in this pattern is going to feel a little bit more safe in uh, the spirit realm, kind of being outside of their body, kind of more in like a, up in the clouds is how I usually describe it. And so how I've seen this pop up with with money is like when people try to do like any, honestly, even like embodiment work or somatic work around money, it's like too much, too fast, too soon. And it can pop, can pop them out. Mm -hmm. Um, and also it, how I've seen it in, uh, I'll use a business example here, how I've seen it in business is people, um, staying more up in the fantasy land within mm -hmm. their like, uh, desires or their, um, programs that they're mapping out. So when I was working with a client, recently she's like i love just creating uh like my programs but then when it needed to move down into the here and now and like launching it putting it out there following through with everything it was safer to stay in fantasy so i'd say if you're feeling a piece of this of like it's safer to stay in like the fantasy like more um visualizing staying with where you want to go holding into it but you have a problem like i don't want to say a problem but have a harder time bringing it down into the fruition and going with the steps to make it move forward. That's usually where I'll see that one pop up a little bit. Oh, I love, I haven't even thought about that nuance to it. So I love that you're pointing to that. And I think people can understand because I, I, I can even think of family members and stuff that have like have these big, beautiful yeah. ideas, but haven't like grounded into the practical world and it gets a little scary, which is, I mean, it, it is like bringing your dreams into reality and, and making it happen totally, but it can help you kind of identify like, oh, maybe this is the pattern I'm yeah. working with. Yeah. And maybe even if you're sitting down to like, look at your finances, however often that you do that and you notice yourself like instantly dissociating, probably another just again, practical day-to-day -day sign within all of this is like, you're talking about money. Even if you're listening to us right now and you're like, I have left the building as I'm listening <laughs> to this podcast. Right. And like, that's going to be a little bit of a sign with the leaving pattern um, that anytime like you're sitting down to do something with money, hearing about money, you just kind of 
zone out a little bit. Yeah. And I love that you're pointing to this because I want to highlight anyone listening to this podcast. I I also maybe want to slow the pace down because we're, we're pointing to things that have been caused by attachment trauma. So it might poke your system. So just know, like we're, we're naming this out of love, but if we're running through a pattern or, you know, anxious avoidant and we're talking about it and it kind of pings your system, just know we're doing it out of love. It's more like building that awareness piece. And it's very normal that there's going to be certain things we're talking about on this podcast episode that might ping your system, rev it up a little bit, but it also gives you that cue, that awareness, like, oh, maybe that's a pattern I'm falling into. So I just want to give people that preface. Totally. I feel like too, and just the awesome name if you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's me that's happening. Like there's been times where I've had like talks, like even in person, it's like, I'm watching all of the protection strategies run. Like again, not that I'm like, I feel like a very boring speaker, but I've had people like they start to kind of close their eyes and some people are like taking notes. It's like, you can watch all of these like, uh, patterns start to play out. So it's like, no matter what your pattern is doing, like it's fine because it's running a safety strategy and a protection. So like pause, take a moment to thank it if it is here and bring like some reassurance and love to it. Cause it's just, just trying to keep you safe. So yeah, like they're called, cause we call them personality patterns, but we also call them survival strategies for a reason. They helped you. It's like, you might hear these patterns and be like, oh, fuck, like I have that pattern. But it's like, no, like this is what has protected you. And that's why we're doing this work as adults is to just like upgrade the system of like, hey, totally like grateful that you use that. It, it got you to this point and probably gave you a lot of success, right? And all we're doing is creating more safety in the nervous system so you don't have to always rely on those patterns or when you're you notice you're in that pattern, have the awareness, the the tools to move out of that pattern to get you back into regulation. Cause we also want to highlight that as we point to all the like distortions of these patterns, we want to also highlight we do this work with clients because as you, you know, repair these patterns, you also get to access the incredible gifts of these mm-hmm. patterns. And the good news is you probably even have a lot of gifts that these patterns have created for you. And you just get to access more of it as we continue repairing our attachment system. So I want to point to the fact that there, there's goodness that comes from these patterns as well beyond safety. <laughs> totally. Totally. I love that. So, that was our yeah. disclaimer halfway. <laughs> yeah, I need Maybe I'll, I'll, in the intro, I'll, I'll sprinkle that in like, hey, we had a disclaimer midway through the podcast, but I'm going to also reiterate it at the beginning. Um, yeah, good stuff. We're, 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 we're moving. So moving on. So there's technically five personality patterns, you guys, but with the merging pattern, it breaks off into two. Um, there's emerging and emerging compensated. So moving on to the next pattern. So signs and symptoms, you might be in emerging pattern in your relationship with money. Yeah. So if we go more of the first one, like the merging, it's kind of like, um, like, the, like the reach, right? Like I usually describe that as very much like that um, anxious attachment style that we were talking about earlier. So it's like, um, you know, I need to kind of find something outside of me that's going to help me feel safe. And so I like anytime too that like within your relationship with money, like you find yourself like reaching or checking or needing for it to be okay or not being okay with like the discomfort of it. That's also part of the merging compensated is like if there's discomfort with money or somebody else has discomfort with money and you're coming in from like this rescue perspective and trying to like save everybody else around you with the merging comp. There's also more of like the self-reliance of doing it all yourself, having a lot of fear of asking for help, 
Um, codependency can kind of go a little bit on both of them as well. So I'd say like that's it, it, pieces of them overlap. I feel like within yeah. the merging and merging comp in terms of money, but like really anything that I pointed to already was sort of like the anxious and avoidant tendencies, but also like, how is it, how, how is it that you're regulated in relationship? So let's say for example, you share finances with your partner and you're splitting costs or splitting expenses merging, merging comp, I'm going to say really can show up in that dynamic. Cause it's like, okay, if your partner's maybe having, um, you know, they lose their job or something happens, are you coming in wanting to rescue, wanting to show to make everything's okay? Or, you know, do you very much feel like in your dynamic, you have to be more self-reliant do you all it, do it all by yourself. Um, so I'd say those are some ways that you might see those pop up. And really- I love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like merging, merging comp, it can be in a partnership. Like you said, mm-hmm. the money energetics of like, there might be a self-reliant one that wants to rescue the other one and like, I got it. I'll take care of it. And then the other one might be taking, 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 but never getting full from it. Yeah. Um, I, I always say like for merging the energetic, like symbol is like a bucket with holes in the bottom. It's like, filling up the bucket, but never feeling full or like safe or secure. And just always, yeah, that pulling grasping energy and merging comp is the one that's like connected, but from a place of like, I'll help you and get kind of getting their need met by like helping the other person. Totally. And I, and I think the big core thing again, is that never enough. So it's like, you could have more overflow than you had ever experienced in your life. And there's still this almost like pit in your tummy of like, it, but it, it's not, it's not, it's not enough. Like not being able to like almost like digest and receive the goodness and the well being when there is more than enough. So either I feel like um, you tend to get rid of it or you hold on to it because again, it's like almost needing to recreate the cycle. So I love that you brought that in. So it's definitely another big piece of it too. Yeah. And I love that you added that on top. <laughs> like I love that we're like stacking on top of each other. Like, yes, great yeah. point. Yeah. It's, it's, I think what we're pointing to, well, there's a practicality of it. Of like people are going to be able to see when they're in that pattern or in that relationship dynamic, which is really cool. Um, moving to the aggressive pattern. So what, what are some signs and symptoms there? Yeah. So with the aggressive pattern, um, you know, there, there's a lot of this like fear of this vulnerability within the aggressive pattern. So they tend to get a little bit like bigger. Um, and so kind of more like overpowering sometimes with, with money. So I'd say like, uh, you know, I've seen this in relationships where, uh, you know, maybe one person is like making more than the other and there's kind of like a controlling aspect of it. There's also a, a piece So I mean, that, that can be one piece of it. There's also more of like the temptress seductress type of energy mm-hmm. that can kind of feel a little bit more manipulative or like, let's say even if you're asking somebody for money, right? Like, let's say you need to borrow money from somebody you need to like ask for. It's almost this like seductress, sweet, buttering the person up and then kind of coming in for it for the ask. Like it's, it's a way to soften, but it's a way that they soften to not have to feel the vulnerability in the conversation with money. So that's, uh, I guess, the example that I'll use is either either like this overpowering, uh, kind of like bigger, aggressive energy of controlling with the money. And like, om- and if you look at money specifically as a relationship with this one, it's like, if I, it's almost like a power over then of the money. It's like, I'm bigger than the money and the money is, is this. And I could go into like a whole like, 
you know, uh, whole thing with that, but like, that's, that's the visual that I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll put onto it. And also, uh, the other piece that was just coming through, as I said, that was, I see this one a lot with not being able to trust something bigger than it to hold it. So like, let's say when people talk about, um, surrender, like surrender, trusting, allowing, um, with money, if you're running this pattern and let's say trusting the bigger thing is God or the universe. There's a lot of like, I can't actually trust this unseen thing to hold and support me. And so that's where I'll see people struggle with surrenders because there's this dynamic running because that's the bigger thing that could hold you. And growing up, this pattern didn't have that bigger thing that could hold them. So then they felt like they had to get bigger with it. So multiple layers there, but so many layers with aggressive. Yeah, no, I love, I love that you named the two split offs that can be and feeling like you can try. I I feel like I'm just starting to develop that trust and like leaning back and surrendering to God, universe source, whatever you want to like call it. But yeah, that's like the piece of the aggressive that I've been recently working on. And to also help our audience with the practicality, I've I've given this example for moms and their kids. um, And this is why I'm creating a conscious parenting course to talk about the personality pattern so then they can identify when their kid is expressing that because with the aggressive pattern so it's like let's say your kid really wants a chocolate bar before dinner and like you're like no you can't have a chocolate bar so an aggressive pattern can either get really big and just start throwing shit and blah 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 and like trying to get you in the ring to like fold basically Mm Or an aggressive can get really sweet, but mommy, I really want that chocolate bar. I've been a really good girl all day and then get the chocolate bar. So that's what Aaron was pointing to, but I wanted to add another example of like how the aggressive can get expressed in those two different ways. So same pattern, but you could already instantly tell there was two ways it it expressed itself. Totally. I love that example. Yeah. I feel like it's like practical because I, I have a client that was like, like I, they'll, my client will just be like, Oh, like my kid does this. I'm like, let me guess. They say this, they act like this. And then they're, they, and then when I, it's an aggressive pattern, I'm like, let's do they do this strategy or this strategy? They're like, sometimes they do it this way. And sometimes they do it that way. I'm like, yeah, you got an aggressive pattern kid on your hands, you know? <laughs> um, so it's cool to, to see the nuances of that pattern. Now moving on to the enduring pattern. So signs and symptoms there. Yeah. um, So enduring pattern can just kind of like hunker down, take on, take on, take on. This is one of my big ones. And I feel like that's, you know, you know, with, with money, for example, you can just kind of almost like tolerate and endure pain to the point where you don't even realize it. And there's also kind of like a existential kinky vibe of getting off on that piece of it too. So, okay, let's, let's break, break down like layers here. So let's say like you, you know, with money, you're just kind of like enduring that there's hardship or enduring almost like that there's not enough or enduring whatever it is or tolerating. Um, so I, I noticed with this one, because with enduring, there is this power under, so aggressive has more of that power over, it can almost, um, put things or people up on a pedestal, lack of boundaries, uh, with, with money as well, because there's just like, a, I'll do it. Like I'll take it on. So, uh, like in a work environment, 
obviously when you're working, there's, you're receiving, you know, money in whatever way that that is, whether you're an entrepreneur or working a um, career. So it might just be like, you're saying, yeah, like the yes person to everything and just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And then, then there's almost, there becomes a point to then with um, the financial piece of either burnout um, or there can be some resentment that, that pops up as well. So I, I guess the question that I always kind of pose with this one is like, where are you tolerating certain things or behaviors with money? Um, where are you just kind of doing and going because you feel like you have to and you're holding on to it? The thing with this pattern is it has a beautiful capacity to hold a lot, um, which is also, you know, again, a beautiful capacity and also can can hold and tolerate a lot. So I look at a lot of the tolerating pieces with this one with money um, and usually some boundaries that need to be set, uh, usually not just doing things because they've always done it. So those are some ways with money that this one I see pop up. I love that. And I love learning from you because you're so beautifully embodied in the enduring pattern, but like the gifts of it. And I've that, and then I want to highlight to everyone, like we're a piece of the pie of all of these, but there's one to three strategies we're going to go to more often than others. And like we've talked about with anxious, avoidant, secure, like you're not just one, like there's even nuances to it where you'll express a pattern based on like who's in front of you and use that strategy, whatever has worked in the past. So we want to highlight like there's nuance to it, but it is, that's what's so cool is as you work these patterns, you get to access the gifts and even like, Aaron's one of my dear friends and it's been even so special for our relationship to understand our patterns even more. And, and like, I have a very strong merging compensated. And so learning the enduring, it also gives you more empathy for a pattern you wouldn't have understood before. So I just love your deep embodied wisdom with enduring and like you guys enduring pattern systems, like their system is so grounded. It always feels so safe to be around. So yeah, all good things. To point well, that. Well, thank you for that. And one other thing <laughs> too, um, there there can be more of like a slowness with yeah. this pattern, which I think is important to to name. And so there can be almost this like fight though, like feeling like you need to like go faster, do more. Um, and the uh, a piece of the gift is obviously trusting the timing. So if you're uh, in a, in a career role or something, and you're feeling like you got to like do more, push more through just like trusting the timing and the unfolding with this one is always like a, a good piece of it. Same thing with obviously within money as well. Yeah. 100%. I think that's such an important part of the process. It's not like a get rich quick mentality, like having that trust and that pace and, and going from there is like such a beautiful gift of the enduring pattern. I love that. So the last one, rigid. So what, what, what's going on with rigid? Yeah. So very much like more of like up in the mental field with this one. So like thinking, figuring everything out, um, achieving. So a big piece within the, the book, if you are reading the book, it'll be like, I am my achievements and so are you. So I feel like this is going to be a lot of like typical high performer, high achieving people that, that we see very much like if I do the thing, chasing the carrot, I will get extra result. And so chase and chase and chase and chase and chase. And obviously 
obviously chasing the next accolade, the next award. Um, I'll see it a lot with like salespeople that have commission um, that's like outside of their own business. And obviously a lot of this with an entrepreneurship as well, because it's like money is a, money is achieving. And then in the relationship with money, it's like, okay, if there's not this amount that I must not be doing enough, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I need to do more. And also using it almost as a way for, um, like status uh, and respect because not feeling like if they don't have it, then they're not enough. Like, um, you know, I'll just obviously in the entrepreneurial world. So I'll use this as an example. It's like people that are really incredible at what they do, then forget that they're really fucking incredible at what they do because they're so focused on, okay, but yeah, I'm not making X amount of money. And so they can't see their internal achievements and their internal being as enough. Same thing in, in, in with money, right? Like if you're only using money to determine your worth and you're not like celebrating your essence, who you are, that's usually where I'll see this one pop up a lot. Um, and being very like, uh, kind of fear mental with, with money. So it's like, okay, where is it coming from? How's it going to come in again, a beautiful gift. Cause you, you need that, but also almost being like hyper-focused or hyper-fixated sometimes too. Yeah. I feel like United States, like our society and culture is a lot of people are a rigid pattern. Cause we, it's almost like we're raised with like, you're worthy. If you achieve X, you're worthy. If you have the car, the money, the status, the, 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 the. so I think there's a lot of people that can relate to the rigid pattern of like feeling like we're worthy for what we do versus who we are as beings. Like you're worthy as you are. Um, but like Aaron was pointing to rigid patterns have the gift of mapping shit out that people can't see. Like other people can't really map things out and structure things. Like they have a beautiful mind in that way. And it's just repairing like, Hey, beautiful mind and your love for who you are and not what you, what you do. Um, so that's kind of like the dysregulation of that one. Yeah. Love that. So I'm glad. Thanks for journeying us through every <laughs> single map. Um, but I think it's really important. I think people are going to have a lot of like aha moments and relatability to all the tangible and practical examples you gave. So first off, thank for that, you know, yeah. and to wrap this conversation up, like we've poked at everyone's parts and, yeah. <laughs> and triggered the shit out of them and <laughs> hit some things. So let's talk about the remedy. So are there any practices you recommend for nervous system regulation or embodiment? I know earlier you talked about money dates. So is there any just like practical things people can start doing to regulate their nervous system in this way? Yeah, you know, something the first thing that popped up um, as you were as you were sharing that is and I, I've seen a lot of people talking about it lately, which I'm like, it's going to sound like a glimmer inception, but Deb Dana's work in polyvagal theory, in polyvagal theory, she talks a lot about finding glimmers. And I feel like this is an easy practice for everybody here that's listening, that can start to do this with money. And it's very simple and you can like feel like the ventral vagal um, spark. So like that spark of well-being in your body. And so her practice, it's not related with money, but I turned it into like a little money practice. So shout out to her, but it's about finding like, um, like setting, like, let's say over the next week, you're going to set five um, things that are called glimmers and glimmers are like these sparks where they bring you joy. They bring you excitement. And my ask for everybody listening here would be like, find five things that you want to um, feel maybe within your relationship with receiving and or money that would bring like joy or well-being 
to your life. So maybe that's that you're going to notice when you, you know, uh, get your receipt at the grocery store and it shows you like your savings at the bottom and like, that's going to be a glimmer. Or maybe it's like when you receive, um, you know, something free in, at that at somewhere that you're at like a free ice cream cone is what's coming to mind or when you're even receiving money even money that you know is coming in so whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're somebody that has a consistent income if you know like on the 15th the client pays or on the 15th that's when you get your paycheck like can you actually like take it in and receive it and like feel what it feels like to have that nourishment to have that support so it's almost like these little things that bring you joy that we forget to kind of anchor into um pick five of those things where you're receiving and what that's going to be like for you and like let yourself pause and actually digest it take it in take a breath be with it notice what you feel in your body um i feel like that's a really beautiful simple practice that everybody could take with them i love that yeah because i feel like when we're so used to like a certain paycheck or whatever coming in it's like oh cool it's in the bank account move on but to actually intentionally slow down and like have that embodiment piece of receiving and like letting that feel good and nourishing in the body. It's, it's like slowing the pace down. We're so go, go, go. Okay. We got it. Cool. Let's move on to the next project. Let's do the next thing. Let's do the errands, but to actually slow down and celebrate the receiving. It's kind of like uh, when we take in a compliment, we're like, ah, that, that old shirt. It's like we instantly deflect same thing with money. It's like that energetic of like slowing down, receiving, letting that feel good. Yeah. Just like invite in pauses with money, both on the receiving and the le- like and the letting go piece of it and just notice um notice where like what what comes up for you just kind of how we started off the episode of like uh, instead of just like the thought based questions like what are what are the feelings and maybe even just tracking what that looks like for you on both on like the the giving and the receiving and the money going out and money coming back in. Like that's where I feel like you can get all of like your information that you need to know for anything in, in your journey. It's just like what comes up in my body as I let it go and what comes up in my body as I let it in. So ask yourself those questions and feel and um take like data and feedback of it. Yeah, I think what has been so epic about this conversation is I think you've really opened everyone's mind that's listening to like body awareness and like slowing down like what am I noticing in my body versus what I'm thinking about money and blah 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 it's like does that make my stomach drop does that make my heart race do I feel good what is feeling good even feel like am I feeling numb and empty or is this actually positive or neutral so yeah we just really encourage everyone to just start noticing your body sensations your body is actually telling you way more than your mind ever did which is why we love this work so much it gives you like the clear understanding of what's pinging your system and also i don't think we take enough time to explore what feels good for us we're just gonna say just gonna say that i got once you got done i was like i feel like we need to like add that in so (laughs) good good yeah because it's like yeah i think that's another piece i think of self-development is we're working on what's wrong and like what's pinging our like let's process and da, 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 da. and it's like totally important piece and what's actually like equally important maybe even just a tad bit more is like actually embodying the well-being like what can it feel like to sit in that and in the beginning I know I'm sure you know this too with like clients like when they first glimpse well-being they can pop out of it really fast or it like jolts the system because our minds love what's familiar our bodies love what's familiar but 
creating that embodiment practice and exploring, like you said, those glimmers of like, what can help you feel good or what, what, what does feeling good to you and like start shifting your awareness to marinating. And that is so freaking important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we get so caught up in almost like a, like an illness versus a wellness model and like then a fixing versus like what, what is. And I think sometimes then this is probably a whole separate path but like then we end up loop like looping in some of that like um like the not the not good because like we do forget to anchor into the goodness as well so you know I think that that's important with everybody within your money story as you're listening to this just like don't come at it from the lens of like that I need to be fixed or that something needs to be like healed, quote unquote, or whatever. It's like everything is as it is. You are as you are. And there's pathways to navigate in all of this, both things that you're going to be working on and things that are going really, really well. Don't forget to also look at the things that, yeah, are going really, really well. Yeah, totally. I just dropped a solo jam um, called like how resting and being achieves more than doing. And it's it's this point of like, it's more like practicing how to rest and like be with what is and feel good in the being um, instead of like, oh, I need to do, 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 I need to fix. And I need to, it's a, that's an exhausting cycle that I think before we hit record, we were talking about like, I think everyone on this journey has that phase where they're like, oh, okay, I need to fix X, Y, like X to get Y and I need to do, do, do. But when you start shifting the focus to like, yeah, you're going to use the tools to navigate through hard moments and hard times, like very important, but also marinating and like what it's like to feel good. Cause that's what we want at the end of the day. We're doing all this work to feel safe, to feel good, to, mm-hmm. to marinate in that for longer and longer periods of time. So when shit hits the fan, we're able to just dip into it and pop out really fast and go back to the goodness. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Well, this was an epic conversation, Erin. I'm sure everyone is just like, oh my God, like mind blown with all these different perspective shifts. So um, how can people stay connected to you and and work with you? Yeah. Um, so I'm Erin Nicole coaching pretty much everywhere that you go. And um, I have a book on Amazon. It's called Burnout to Breakthrough and it taps into some of the aspects of receiving and all of that. So that's also a, a great place to just dive in a little bit more. Ooh, I'm going to buy that book. I haven't even read it. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to do that right now. And once again, thanks for, for hopping on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.